This podcast was brought to you by Business Radio, powered by Wharton, originally airing on Sirius XM. From the campus of the University of Pennsylvania Wharton School, this is Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. Hey, welcome to Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School. I'm Nick Ashburn. And I'm Cheryl Kuhlman. So good morning, Cheryl. Hello, Nick. How are you? I am okay. Only I'm, okay? I'm okay. I, I think that I'm full of energy today, but I didn't sleep so well last night. Okay. I My back hurts really bad. Uh-oh. Like, and it's my own fault. And this is going to sound bougie, but it's because I was working out. <laughs> so my back is <laughs> sore, like, in such a way that I could not sleep last night. What workout did you do? It was some lower back thing. Uh. And so I think I have no lower back muscles. Like <laughs> evidence <haven't... laughs> evidence exactly. by the pain. So it just, you know, I'm I'm here and I'm taking it easy, but it it doesn't feel great. You've had you've had some string of bad mornings, one morning without any coffee whatsoever, and now you've got this. I know, and I I just just inhaled breakfast. I saw that. <laughs> inhaled <laughs> breakfast. So I I didn't want to be hangry by the end of the show. <laughs> that would be good. Without further ado, let us welcome Nick Frontino, managing director of projects and operations at the Economy League. Welcome to the show. Thanks. Good morning. And we'll be very clear because Cheryl doesn't usually call me Nick on the air. So we when we're talking about uh, Nick, uh-huh. it's you. Okay. <laughs> I'm used to be calling Nick. Good. Good. We're not, we're not throwing you for a loop here. So, Nick, let's start off very simply and talk about the Economy League um, and, and sort of what they do and what their role in Philadelphia is. Sure. So the Economy League, we like to call ourselves the region's think-and-do tank. Uh, we've been around for 110 years, actually, this year. Is when I learned that, I was amazed. I was like, really? Yeah, actually, we were founded at the turn of the 20th century by some of the great industrialists in Philadelphia. So uh, Cyrus Curtis, Samuel Fells, the folks uh, whose names you right. see in, uh, in all the these buildings, buildings here yes. at campus. Here, yeah. right? And the core idea was really to kind of bring some of the best practices of the private sector to the public sector. And so for many years, we served as kind of a government watchdog, you know, doing analysis and independent research of of public sector programs and initiatives um, and making suggestions and recommendations for how things could be conducted more efficiently, uh, what the impact and outcomes of different programs were. Uh, but over the course of the past 20 years or so, um, we've kind of augmented that uh, that focus. We still do that, um, but we've broadened our scope in terms of what we look at to extend beyond just the public sector and include what we consider really to be kind of the main levers that influence metropolitan competitiveness. So job growth, business growth, uh, workforce development, even some infrastructure mm-hmm. issues. And in addition to the independent research and analysis that we conduct, we've also, over the course of the past 15 years or so, primarily through a, an initiative that we can called the Greater Philadelphia Leadership Exchange, which Cheryl, you've participated in, uh, really worked to um, try and develop cross-sector leadership here in the Philadelphia area, uh, really with an eye towards driving change and expanding access to opportunity and prosperity here in Philadelphia. Um, You know, part of what we bring to the table is we're supported by the business and institutional community here. So we have a board of 60 (laughs) companies (laughs) and institutions, which is, you know, is a blessing. Um, And we work, you know, with the independent research um, and uh, kind of advisory services that we do. We work um, on a consulting basis with a wide variety of partners across sectors, too. So we kind of sit at this really unique intersection between the public sector, the private sector, and the nonprofit sector. And so we've been working to try to find ways to, I like to say, weaponize that cohort of diverse leaders to really drive change here in the region. Yeah, and, and I, you mentioned the uh, Greater Philadelphia Leadership Exchange, and, and I this is my first year participating. It was really interesting because part of the uh, experience was 
all of us going out to Seattle and learning what Seattle's doing, seeing some of the challenges they're facing, some of the the uh, opportunities that they've they've tried to implement, um, and it was it was really interesting because I mean on one hand. Um, I've been to Seattle before, visiting my niece, et cetera. Hi, Lindsay. Um, but <laughs> this was really looking deeply into some of the infrastructure issues, the housing issues, the the lack of green space, et cetera. And so it it made you think differently about Philadelphia. And for me, it was about seeing some assets that Philadelphia has. We have a lot of parks. We have a lot of green space. We have more children than dogs. Um, and Seattle is the opposite, which I thought was cool because I like dogs probably more than children, except when I realize it's because people with children can't afford to live in Seattle. And then yeah, you get another right. you get another little slant on it. So yeah. it was a, a very interesting experience. Yeah, you know, it's interesting. We've been doing the Leadership Exchange for about 12 or 13 years. We've gone to seven or eight different cities. And, you know, part of the impetus or the, the, the original idea was, well, let's help Philadelphia leaders kind of take the blinders off and look elsewhere for good ideas and best practices. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, those of us who have worked in this city for a while know that there can be a tendency for kind of you know, uh, parochialism and just focusing on what's happening here. We wanted to provide a forum to allow folks to see what's being done elsewhere and while also providing an opportunity for folks to meet and develop relationships with each other across sectors. So, you know, the original idea was, well, let's figure out what's working elsewhere and see what we might be able to borrow and bring back home. But over the course of time, particularly during what has been a relatively transformational period for Philadelphia, You know, kind of an unintended consequence, uh, consequence, but a benefit, something I'm really proud of, is folks come back and say, you know what, we may have looked at infrastructure issues in Seattle. We may have looked at workforce development issues somewhere else. And we in Philadelphia actually have our, you know, have our ducks in a row maybe more than some other regions. So it's in kind of um, an unintended way, almost a confidence booster in some some regards. And so let's take this up one notch, um, but bring it back to Philadelphia. So what do you see in your work as some of the big challenges facing cities, you know, considering our listeners are all over the country. Sure. And what do you think some of the the strengths of Philadelphia are in terms of assets? And where do you see major challenges that are unique to Philadelphia? Well, I mean, it's no secret that the past 10, 15 years have been a really transformational time for cities across the country, right? Um, whether that is, you know, vis-a-vis the population gains that many of our major cities have seen, um, or even the growth and in income disparity that we've seen nationally and really manifests itself most starkly in our urban centers, right? And you see that really here in Philadelphia. It's unfortunately, sadly, no secret that we are the poorest big city in the country. Um, you know, uh, we were, we're doing some work with Temple University around workforce development solutions and investments, and we're doing some analysis and looking at the um, statistics in the neighborhoods that surround Temple. Median income is twenty five thousand dollars in uh, um, in neighborhoods in the zip codes that surround Temple University. That's basically the federal poverty line. Yeah, right. So that means half of working age adults. Uh, well, half of the population basically is at the poverty level. Less than half of working age adults are actually employed full time. So access to jobs, access to the educational opportunities and advancement opportunities that allow folks to gain family-sustaining wages, major issue here. And it's an issue around the country for cities. If we can't crack that nut nationally and we begin to see or we continue to see more divergence in terms of income disparity, then our cities are going to have a very hard time being successful. And, and Cheryl... Uh, quick question for you yeah. is, um, you know, as I joined the Wharton Social Impact Initiative a little over five years ago, the, the Economy League has been on our radar for a long time. Yes. And I think you've been really interested in the work they do. So tell us about that. I, I think we started to get into where impact plays in sort of this methodology. But what what's your opinion on this? Well, I think that one of the things that um, 
intrigued me about the Economy League was was both about the research, right? Because it's it allows you know uh, to get an understanding of Philadelphia and other urban things, and and I think this in this area we're blessed by a number of good research sources, so that's great. Um, but when Jeff Hornstein took over. Um, a year ago, I'd been talking with him for a long time, but I think then it really the, the emphasis on being a, a do aspect around that became really important, and I think that's one of the things we're seeing a lot of in Philadelphia that there's um, coalescing around a commitment to uh, work across sectors, think about what can be done, and try to do some innovation. And I think that's you know brings us to the the challenge that you led on Tuesday and I participated in. Um, which is really trying to spur um, some ideas around entrepreneurship and addressing the food challenge. Yeah, one of the big strategic things that we're trying to do as an organization, really at the behest of our board and our staff leadership, is to figure out how we can take our assets, our deep local knowledge about economic development, workforce development, public policy in Philadelphia, and that broad network that I was talking about, and really kind of utilize them or weaponize them to drive change here, right? To kind of move us away from what has been our historical, almost default position of generating, in a sense, kind of reactive research Mm -hmm, um, mm -hmm. and analysis, right? So the challenge that Cheryl uh, referred to um, is something that we're calling the full city challenge. I mean, it really- It's the first time you've done it. It's the first time we've done it. And in a sense, it is an outgrowth of this Greater Philadelphia Leadership Exchange because, like I said, we've been doing this for a dozen years or so. And, um, you know, it's it's an application-based process. So we're very deliberate about, you know, choosing who comes so that we have a nice cross-section of, you know, sector representation, geographic representation, because we're really all about the region, the metropolitan area area here. We see that as the core unit of competitiveness and prosperity. Um, And, you know, folks are exposed to a lot of good ideas. There's a lot of great energy. They meet new people and they come back and say, okay, now what? What can I do with this information that I've gained, with this knowledge that I've gained, with these relationships that I've learned? And what we want to do is provide a platform for folks to be able to kind of give back, roll up their sleeves and give back. So this full city challenge is really about taking our deep knowledge of the Philadelphia area and leveraging the expertise and the connections of the network and the leadership exchange and our broader network to try and help folks who are committed to advancing change on the ground. So the Full City Challenge is, it's a, a, a call, it was a, started as a call for ideas to the, the broader community for food-related innovations that lift up Philadelphia, right? So, you know, we, stepping back, have kind of two broad observations when it comes to food and the role that it plays here in Philadelphia. Other than, I love that <laughs> yeah, yeah. Savory. And talk, and savory foods. Savory foods. We talk about food a lot. And, and I'm going to fight the temptation to pepper this with as many <laughs> food puns as oh. possible here, right? If my staff is listening, they are probably keeping count right now. Um, so, you know, on one hand... Philadelphia has tremendous food-related assets, right? Whether that's the growth of our restaurant and bar scene that's gained national and even international profile, whether that's a really strong history and legacy of community agriculture um, here in the city of Philadelphia. I mean, for those of us who live here, you know, odds are you're involved in a neighborhood plot or gardening in some way uh, or another. And then there's a real kind of corporate legacy of, uh, um, you know, industrial leaders around food, um, well, food production, food processing, food distribution here. So some real assets real expertise. At the same time, there's some really stark food-related challenges that are, um, you know, symptoms of poverty and lack of access to economic opportunity. But a a study came out last year from Hunger Free America that indicated that while food insecurity and hunger elsewhere in the country is dropping, it's actually growing here. Oh, I didn't know that. So between 2012 and 2015, um, food insecurity in Philadelphia grew by 22%. So now we're at the point where one in five Philadelphians does not necessarily know where their next meal is going to come from. Wow. 
Right, really stark challenge. So we have on one hand all these assets, all this expertise, like a lot of buzz, um, a lot of energy around food, and then some really stark challenges. And this is kind of an ethos that we try to bring to a lot of our work. How do we take, how do we build on the bright spots, right? Mm -hmm. How do we take mm -hmm. um, from these assets to try and address big challenges, right? So we put a call for ideas out to the community. We said we're interested in ideas that harness what's best about our food economy to tackle what's most challenging. And I'll tell you, we ran this as kind of a trial balloon because it's kind of a new venture yeah. for the economy. Yeah. We didn't really know what we were going to get, um, how much of a response. Uh, we got 32 submissions, really thoughtful submissions and applications. Uh, we were delighted. And, um, you know, we had to go through the hard work of narrowing that down to a group of five teams that we then put through a gauntlet on, on Tuesday with Cheryl's help. Um, through what me we call, and a bunch of others, not, not yeah, just yeah. Me. <laughs> we uh, it was Cheryl, and we had eighteen other uh, professional advisors that we recruited from you know, from uh, the private sector, from the nonprofit world, from the foundation world to help folks refine their idea. It was really a rapid incubator session in the span of about six hours or so. We kind of tried to deconstruct and reconstruct these folks' ideas. And, uh, you know, the overall idea is that we will um, we'll have a pitch party next week where we have a, a panel of food celebrity, local food celebrity judges that will choose one grand prize winner that we'll give $5,000 to. And then we'll kind of bring into our network and help them uh, design and implement a pilot to test their idea here. And we're partnering with a local news site called Billy Penn um, that is providing coverage of this whole thing. And I think this is a unique kind of uh, piece as well because part of what we want to do is shine a light on what it takes to actually drive social impact too. So Billy Penn's going to be following this the, the winning team and has been following this process along the way. But once we choose a winner, uh, we'll follow the winning team through the kind of trials and tribulations of the pilot phase oh, nice, too. nice. To kind of peel back the layers and say, you know, it's not easy to really make change here. So, um, you know, that's the idea. Like I said, it's it's a pilot for us too. So we're learning as we go. As we go, we're delighted to have folks like Cheryl and the other advisors, um, you know, d uh, dedicate their volunteer time. We had a lot of fun on Tuesday, and we're going to have a lot of fun uh, next Tuesday at our public pitch event too. I want to remind our listeners that you're listening to Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School, and we are speaking with Nick Frontino, the Managing Director of Projects and Operations at the Economy League here in Philadelphia. And Nick, can you give us an example of some of the companies that are going through the accelerator? Um, you know, you think about highlighting whoever the winner is. Give our listeners a sense of like the types of challenges these entrepreneurs are tackling. Sure. And what was really great, again, we didn't really know what we were going to get, is we got a really nice, broad diversity yeah. of types of ideas. So the five teams that we invited in to participate in this um, this accelerator, this incubator. Um, we have one that is focused on providing an alternative to college for food industry um, professionals, folks who are working in restaurants and bars, helping them kind of earn and learn. Uh, because as we know, or as is pretty commonly known, I think, um, you know, the food industry, the restaurant and bar industry, while a lot of people work there, provides a lot of great entry-level opportunities for jobs. There are limited opportunities for career advancement, right? I think there are about 80,000 food-related jobs in Philadelphia. About 65% of them pay less than $12 an hour. I'm sorry, excuse me. 65,000 of those 80,000 pay less than $12 an hour, right? So this is uh, really kind of a, it's a unique partnership between this organization. It's a nonprofit organization called Hospitality Together, um, a, an online university, and then restaurants and bars in the city to help uh, food workers advance through careers. We have another that's focused on, um, it's called CWC Wellness. It's led by um, a, a chef uh, named Maria Campbell, who has been working 
uh, to try and find ways to help restaurant workers and bar uh, workers live healthier lives, right? The restaurant industry can be a pretty brutal place when it comes to lifestyle, right? It has, I don't have the statistics on hand, but Maria will tell you that, you know, it is kind of a leading uh, leading industry for addiction, for suicide, for divorce. Um, so she's trying to find a way to inject uh, opportunities and incentives for workers to take better care of themselves and for employers to incentivize their workers. Uh, we have another idea that um, is here in West Philadelphia. Yep. That um, it's called the Rebel Market and Outgrowth of Rebel Ventures, and it's a West Philadelphia high school-led business, a high school student-led business that's focused on trying to make healthy food more accessible to um, to kids and and the general population, the neighborhood here in West Philadelphia, with a healthy corner store that would be powered and run by high school students. Um, we have a vertical farm. Uh, operation called Victory V Farms that is looking at, you know, utilizing or making use of underutilized buildings here um, in Philadelphia, of which we have many, unfortunately, um, to uh, implement controlled environment um, agriculture, grow indoor farms, grow, in, uh, grow leafy greens and vegetables here, um, employ folks in the neighborhoods while also um, serving institutional customers and providing some food for folks in need. And then uh, food rescue, food rescue. How could I forget? Last but not least, Philly Food Rescue, which is really working to solve kind of a logistical challenges around matching surplus food and excess food with folks and organizations who need it. Right. So at the core of what they do is an app that allows volunteers to look up, hey, is there food nearby? Is there sur surplus food nearby that if I have an extra half an hour that I may be able to drive to someone or an organization in need? Right. So it's really about it's kind of like the volunteer-driven Uber Eats of food rescue and food delivery. Yeah, too. absolutely. So a really kind of broad, uh, you know, you know, broad range of issues and ideas. And for me, I'm, I'm curious about sort of the strategy behind creating an accelerator for you all. Um, a lot of cities, I think, still focus, and pay, maybe public policy still focuses on attraction and retention of outside businesses and, and keeping things happening. But I think there's a growing evidence base that says actually homegrown enterprises really do drive economic development much more. So I think yeah, that no could question. be one reason for excel an accelerator, but like sort of walk us through what the predominating or the predominant um, sort of theory of economic development is and why you guys are trying to do something a little different. Well, you're absolutely right. Like the smokestack chasing the kind of, um, you know, economic development strategy of, uh, of your is really just not applicable anymore. I mean, you still see this happen. It's very high profile, of course. Amazon, you know, right, Amazon yeah. HQ2 is kind of the, you know, the paragon of this recently. But, you know, we really subscribe to the economic gardening um, ethos or strategy, right? That's about, you know, creating, I guess this is a food pun, fertile ground <laughs> for <laughs> economic development, <laughs> too, so far, I guess. Um, I can do better. For, um, you know, economic development and workforce development here. And it's really, again, returning to, you know, an understanding of what are our competitive advantages and strengths as Philadelphia? What are our assets and how can we deploy them for the benefit of the economy and the people who are living here, right? So that we we subscribe to that strategy and that ethos at really a core level. At the same time, you know, we are interested, so Philadelphia has really deep challenges around poverty, access to jobs, right? And these are not new challenges. They're longstanding, deeply ingrained, and they're complex, right? We, and, and there are a lot of people that have been working on this, continue to work on it. There's a lot of great initiatives. But, you know, some of these core statistics haven't been moving in the right direction or they haven't been moving in the right direction fast enough, right? So at the same time, we want to, 
kind of take a page from the private sector playbook. What you know, something that you see in high growth industries in tech and like that are where the tolerance for risk is pretty high because the reward on the back end is there, right? We want to see if we can take a page from that playbook and apply it to kind of the realm of social impact and civic ventures. And I mean, we're not the first people to think of this. This is done elsewhere. Um, but we think as the Economy League, with our deep knowledge of the region, with our broad network, we have some kind of assets that we can bring to the table to help that uh, that, that happen. And so part of what we're doing here with the Full City Challenge, and if we're successful with this, we'd like to replicate this and build this out, is really provide a supportive space for folks to kind of experiment with civic innovation and like a safe space to fail fast too, mm -hmm. right? Like we are structuring this Full City Challenge around the implementation of a pilot, right? We've said, come in to our kind of warm embrace. We're going to introduce you to the people we know. We're going to connect you with our knowledge. And we're going to do our best to help you test out this idea. And you know what? If it works, great. We're going to help you and we're going to try and figure out how you can scale, how you can get into the different settings where you can have the most impact. But if after the pilot, we figure out that the potential isn't really what we thought it was, that's okay too. You know, I think too often in in uh, um, the civic world, in the philanthropic world, there is an aversion to risk and kind of a, a low tolerance for failure where if something doesn't work, then it's like, okay, nice knowing you. Good luck. Talk to somebody else. We want to see if we can find a way yeah. to kind of get past that. And I think that, you know, thinking about bringing assets to these, these initiatives and these, uh, you know, entrepreneurs is a strong strategy because there's, you know, if you think about all the universities, if you think about, you know, the, the, the higher end and the people who are employed at big places like Comcast, there are a lot of intellectual assets that can be leveraged and brought to bear. And I think that part of this is not that volunteering in the traditional sense is bad, but part of this is sort of saying, let's think about a different kind of engagement. Let's think about ways that you can engage with the intent and purpose of growing these businesses and these initiatives. And that becomes a different kind of focus, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we want to put a strategic angle on it yep. as much as we can. And Nick, you know, we talked, you know, Cheryl mentioned the exchange program that you run and that she participated in. You sort of brought it up again. Mm -hmm. You know, for our listeners that are really thinking about strategies, you know, maybe they work for a nonprofit, maybe they're, um, you know, a, a, the CEO of a small business in their community, or they're working in this sort of space that you are, you know, What's sort of the advice, the exchange that you would, you know, give cities today um, or that you are giving? I'm sure people reach out to Philadelphia to see what you're doing. Um, what's that advice? Well, I mean, one of the biggest things that I'm proud of about the Leadership Exchange, and I think that makes it a little bit unique, is it really is kind of a cross-disciplinary and a yeah. cross-issue, um, you know, exchange and program, right? You see a lot of kind of junkets that are organized around specific verticals where leaders go to from one city to another to examine workforce development initiatives or to examine international trade initiatives and the policies. We try and put together a really broad and cross-disciplinary program that helps people not only – gives them exposure to things that they may not necessarily see in their day-to-day -day, uh, work lives, professional lives, but also provides them the opportunity to connect the dots between these different verticals, right? Because, you know, the business of community development and economic development is a very intertwined one. And I think where our policies have failed over the course of the past 50, 75 years has been when things have been approached in silos, whether that's economic development versus workforce development, whether that's you know public policies that don't take kind of a, a comprehensive or a holistic view and have unintended consequences in areas that you know that folks didn't even anticipate. So, I would encourage folks 
who are doing this type of work in other cities to look for those connections that may not necessarily be immediately apparent and kind of take those blinders off, right? Um, you know, try and understand how you may be able to work with the strange bedfellows to advance your mission and your program. I think we often find ourselves with strange bedfellows. People, well, people don't think that <laughs> our work. Speak for like, yourself. <laughs> well, I don't mean that personally. I just mean that Wharton Social Impact. You know, in our work, people yeah. are like, wait, Wharton's doing that, and they so they don't think to come to Wharton for that advice or you know support or whatever that might look like. And part of it is getting the word out too. Yeah. I mean, you know, kind of old perceptions die hard too. Yeah, and I think that that's uh, that's also an interesting challenge. I think that's where Billy Penn plays a good role, and and Citizen as well, and and even Generosity. But I think that there are uh, news outlets that are trying to highlight some of these initiatives. And I think the challenge then becomes how do how does it go from just being highlighting something that's happening to a deeper story that provides learning? So I'm really intrigued by having Billy Penn follow the winner through, you know a year or whatever to help indicate some of the challenges going on. I mean, I think that that's the kind of in-depth reporting that will be very useful. Yeah, we're super excited about it. And again, I mean, we're, this is a pilot for us. We're learning as we go, so we hope to be able to kind of tweak and adjust as we go forward yeah. and figure this out, too. But, I mean, we're excited. You know, this is a, a new approach for the Economy League. It borrows from, you know, uh, some efforts that we've seen elsewhere. Um, and I've had the good fortune to work on the kind of innovation-based economic development side of things here you know, on the more traditional incubators and accelerators. So I've been able to kind of borrow from what I think is some of the best from that realm, too. Yeah. And so uh, you might have mentioned this earlier when you're describing the program, but you just had this event on Tuesday. Correct. What sort of the timeline as, you, as we get to the finalists and then the pilot phase and then thinking about if it works and is there a new theme? I am glad you asked. So, um, you know, we opened this call for ideas up in December. Uh, we just ran our um, our uh, rapid incubator workshop with our five finalists on Tuesday, the 12th. And we will be having a public pitch competition on Tuesday, the 19th, at a restaurant and bar called Green Soul on North Broad Street here in Philadelphia. For So for those of your listeners who are in Philadelphia, I'd encourage you to come check it out. So um, that's next, this next upcoming Tuesday. This coming Tuesday, Tuesday yep. uh, okay. the 19th, um, in the evening. There will be food. There will be drink. There will be, um, you know, an exciting pitch competition. Again, we have some celebrity food judges uh, from the Philadelphia area. And from there, uh, we will announce the judges will select a winner. We'll give them $5,000. And, you know, one thing I didn't mention that I'd like to incorporate as well, and one of the interesting things are, as I said, we've, we're building this thing kind of as we fly. And at, at a certain point, we uh, thought about crowdfunding as a possibility to help folks raise money. And we said, you know, why don't we reach out to GoFundMe and see if they'd be interested in partnering? And sure enough, they said, we'd love to. This is right up our alley. Yeah. So GoFundMe actually sent a coach. Uh, they're based in San Diego. They sent a coach out to Philadelphia who participated in this workshop and you know, spent time one-on-one -on -one with our teams to help them develop compelling GoFundMe campaigns. Uh, today, we're launching what is a go called a GoFundMe cause page. So right, it's the right. Full City Challenge cause page. All of these five finalists are on one page. Um, on GoFundMe, and we're challenging these teams to raise as much money as they can via GoFundMe over the course of the next week. And whoever raises the most money by the event will be awarded a People's Choice Award. So we'll be giving a match up to $2,500 too. Nice. So, you know, we're helping, in addition to kind of helping these organizations strategically think through how they can design and position their idea, we also want to help spread the word. And, you know, GoFundMe is a powerful platform like this. Opportunities like this are great too. Um, and then we'll spend, depending on who the winner is, about six to nine months placing and implementing that pilot. Um, 
and then we'll step back for a minute and say, okay, what did we learn? And then in terms of how do we replicate um, or where do we go from there, you know, what I would like to do is think about whether we just directly replicate this in a different issue area. Um, and that's something we'd have to think about where it is, but there's, we're, there, you know, we're ripe for opportunity here in Philadelphia. <laughs> Number three. Uh, third time's a charm. Um, and also, is there opportunity to expand this model so it looks more like a traditional accelerator and, you know, the... Advising and coaching isn't compressed into the span of one afternoon, right? So where we could develop more of a kind of comprehensive and intensive curriculum that can help folks uh, really kind of incubate their idea. Um, you know, that's something that we will be um, we'll be thinking about strategically at the Economy League. To be able to do that, you know, we'll need to attract the resources that we need to, you know, kind of sustain this on an ongoing basis. But so far, you know, the signals that we've gotten, as we set our own kind of internals, internal metrics for success, have been great. I mean, we didn't know how many submissions we were going to get. We got more than 30. We didn't know how many advisors, like Cheryl, were going to say yes. We got almost 20 advisors who participated. Uh, we've gotten great you know, feedback and uh, interest on the part of the media and other stakeholders. So, so far, so good. We're really excited about it. You know, one of the things that, that, that I like about this and then other, some other conversations I've been having, we've been having, is, is that there's um, such a spirit of innovation and creativity that that is sort of underlying a lot of these things sure. there's a sense of there's a sense of deep need you know and wanting to have impact and and succeed at this but there's there is this willingness to try things out to reach out to different kinds of of sectors and partner i've been talking with a couple of large nonprofits and and then some other organizations who are like how do i think like an entrepreneur you know what are the other financial resources that i can think about beyond grants you know what how can i do better with the corporate sector so i think there's a real sense of saying let's let's break a, apart our old assumptions and cook up something new. Oh, we nice. got be, right before the break, we got in number four. Well done. Thanks so much. We've been speaking with Nick Frontino, Managing Director of Projects and Operations at the Economy League at, here in Philadelphia. This is Dollars and Change on Business Radio, powered by the Wharton School on Sirius XM 132. For more insight from Business Radio, please visit businessradio.wharton.upenn.edu. 